Chaos and craziness, raising kids, learning lessons, making mistakes, motherhood, the good, the bad, the confusing. We're going to talk about it all. Join us for the Motherhood Snapshots podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. And we're super excited because today we are interviewing Meg's mom, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Megan. Hi, Hi Meg. Hi. <laughs> I'm a little nervous today, guys, so I'm bear with me. I'm in thrilled. the hot seat. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, is, it is kind of fun to be – I feel powerful all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's You're good. always so, powerful, Mom. I know. That's <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to restrain myself. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, so Meg and I were, had been, were doing a podcast, I don't even know, a couple of weeks ago on mom stuff. And I think I was saying about how I had called my mom because there was something happening with one of my kids. And I was like, what do I do? <laughs> I don't know what to do. And so then like during that podcast, you're like, we should have our moms on. And so we were like, that's a brilliant idea. We're going to do that. So we're interviewing Meg's mom today and we're interviewing my mom a little bit later. And uh, yeah, they're going to, I'm really excited to talk to Debbie because I get to get all kinds of dirt on Meg. And then I'm also equally to talk to my own mom because I do most of the interviewing so I can just like... Sit no. back and relax. Have focus. a cocktail. No, I can focus that conversation with my mom whatever direction I want. Oh, I see. <laughs> to make it work and, in my favor. So, uh-huh. And there's no dirt on me because I'm a perfect angel. Oh, of course. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's I won't start way. talking about all the requirements Meg was giving her mom before we got on the podcast and what she was allowed to talk about. Hey, no behind the scenes, okay? Uh-huh, I'm sure. She, yep. She, okay. She is pretty, she is pretty perfect. Yeah. No. See, there you go. That's what, my mom will not be saying that, I'm sure. She's like chomping at the bit to give out all kinds of Ooh, dirt about my wait. childhood. But yes, okay, so Debbie, first of all, welcome. We're super excited to have you today. And um, I have some questions for you uh, because <laughs> I think, you know, we, we get a lot of our traits from our parents. And so I think that it's always interesting to hear like a little bit of our parents' background to kind of understand their experience and to kind of understand maybe how we developed as children. So I'd love to just know a little bit about you, kind of what you do, where did you grow up and what role has kind of creativity played in your life? Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in Chicago. And I lived there for the first 21 years of my life. And my husband, Meg's dad, Rick, and I moved to California. And uh, I have a, um, a degree in um, education from Eastern Illinois University, which is in Southern Illinois. And I uh, came out to California and I did, there weren't very many teaching jobs back in 1974. So I worked for a bank, a big bank, Union Bank, down in Los Angeles for about a year and a half. And then I worked for a mortgage brokerage company as an escrow secretary for about a year until I got tired of that and thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find a job teaching because that's what I had trained for. Mm. So I um started substituting and I substituted for about a year and a half until I got my first, you know, my first and only 
job uh, in education, and I worked for 35 years for the same school district. Oh, wow. I taught second, second grade, third grade, and a little bit of fourth grade, but third grade was primarily where I spent most of my time. Wow, and, that's amazing. Uh, of course, multi-subject multi, uh, areas mm-hmm. taught everything, but one of the things that um, um, we didn't have for primary students was a music program, so having some music background and my mother being a nightclub singer, as we discussed earlier, yeah. Um, my love for music has always been enormous, and my students used to say to me, Mrs. Tully, how come you know a song for every spelling word? <laughs> I, I, I literally, whatever the word was, I would, ma- I would have a song in my brain that had that word in it, and that's okay. Sort of, most teachers would give, uh, you know, say the word like um, story and uh, what is your favorite story? I would I would sing a song that had, you know, um, oh, a song that had story in it. I already so, have a song in my head that has story. Yes. Okay, so I have <laughs> you to stop. Me well, I have to stop you for a second there because so before I want to back up for one second. So before we started the podcast today, we were telling Debbie about how when Meg was interviewing me for the podcast last week. Um, that we ended up having a lot more in common than we realized that we had, that my um, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was also a nightclub singer. And so we joke with my mom, Debbie, all the time because she constantly is doing that exact same thing. <laughs> she is constantly, oh like, you have a conversation with her and then she, like, bursts into song. I do the same thing. It's like oh living in a musical. <laughs> That's my life. Yes. That's exactly so- how it was. It still is because now I do it with my kids. So So I do the same thing. But yeah, so that's just when we said that, I was like, oh my God, this is too funny. But yes, okay. So music has always been in my heart. And and so that's part of my creative side. But the other part is that I love doing arts and crafts. I love renovating furniture. I'm really into chalk painting. I've always been a redoer, you know, Mm -hmm. repurposing, I guess, is the word that they use today. And, um, you know, being um, an elementary school teacher, not only in the music arts, but I did a lot in the creative arts, creative writing, lots of creative writing with my students, but also um, just trying to uh, get children to express themselves artistically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, some years back, I took a class in drawing with the right side of the brain, um, which I cannot, I'm not very good at drawing, but I learned to be and learned some of the skills and techniques. And if you look at some of those classes that you see now that are like the wine and draw classes, the wine and paint classes, that's really what that is. That's drawing with the right side of the brain. Interesting. Where where I could teach that very easily. Maybe I could make a lot of money. Maybe you should. should. (laughs) Think about that. Side hustle. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe the next time you come up, we should have a little party where oh, we yeah. draw Ooh. or paint and have some wine. Oh, and that would be yeah. Really oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I think yeah. you have to come up for a week, Megan, without your dad. I think, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we just don't have to entertain him, which we don't usually, but... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's. I think yeah. he should though. By if the he's way. playing golf, he's entertained. If he's bowling, he's entertained. There you if go. Watching, <laughs> if he's watching golf, baseball, or football, he's entertained. He needs <laughs> no. He guy. needs no one. You know. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, so so I did a lot of art with my students, different types of mediums, and and we just used to have just the best time. And oh, my room was probably one of the most colorful rooms. You you just wouldn't even believe what my room looked like at back to school at night. You know, it was, like, <laughs> it was just covered with plethora of artistic quality and my yeah. kids my students I call my kids they're always being my kids yeah but I've had over 1500 students in my career wow and uh you know we each student used to write a book they would write a creative writing story and then we would turn it into a book and illustrate it and the, the whole works and so I you know that's I don't know you know where as far as where I got my creative side my dad was pretty artistic he was really good at drawing and um he was, he was pretty creative. Um, so I probably get some of that from my dad. And I'm, I'm like a, um, I'm like a do-it-yourselfer. I like to fix things at the house. I mm. have no fear of taking things apart and trying to put them together. I've always been like that when I was a kid. I used to watch the man next door was our um, Mr. Fix-It, I called him. Mm, yep. <laughs> and he would come over and I would stand right behind him and I would watch every move he made. And so, you know, consequently, when I dropped my diamond earrings down the sink in oh, my first no. house and I called my husband to get them out, he didn't know what to do. But my dad had given us a, one of those big uh, plumber's wrenches. Mm-hmm. I just got on the floor. I had a little, I had a book. There, there was no internet back then. There was, but it was, had like one of these do-it-yourself fix-it books. Mm-hmm. I opened up to plumbing, how to remove the elbow of the sink. And there I was, I did it myself. I took it out and I got my earring back. Nice. So, yeah. So, so, you know, I, I've, I'm kind of a hand, I'm a very much a hands-on person. I, and I like to do that with my grandkids. I do lots of, um, arts and crafts, especially with my, my granddaughter on the East coast, Peyton, she loves to do arts and crafts. Um, and Emma is, Emma, Emma doesn't like it quite as much. If She's more like down she and dirty, down and dirty. Let's do it really fast, glammy. So mm. I can go, so I can go out and play. Um, but I think Ella will be more crafty. She she's good at beading. I've already done beading with her and she's really <laughs> nice. good at that. Yeah. I do have to say, Mom, she, um, it was like last week or so that there was that little princess necklace kit that she had gotten for Christmas. And she beaded that thing like nobody's business. Yeah, I didn't nice. help her once. And I was like, holy crap, you just did that all by yourself. So, yes, yeah, I had gotten her one for her birthday. Is that the one oh, that I got that's her? what it was. The one yeah. with the little princess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cute, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. She told me it broke, but it didn't. I showed her that it wasn't broke. That's yeah, one that's the rubber. Yes. Yeah. 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 So growing up, Debbie, like when did you have an idea about Meg that she had that kind of creative spirit in her? Like what's maybe one of your earliest kind of memories or notions of like, oh, maybe she's got a little bit of a creative streak in her? Well, Megan was always a free spirit. She never liked anybody telling her what to do or how to do it. Um, (laughs) Nope. Still and she still doesn't. <laughs> Sounds a lot like uh, your oldest daughter there, Meg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, but Megan, Megan loved to play. She loved to play and loved to go to other people's houses. She was, I was always 
chasing her down the street trying to figure out whose house she was at. <laughs> her creative side, um, I think we did, I did Girl Scouts with her, brownies or something with her and did some things with her. Um, I used to bring projects home that I would do with the kids at school. I used to make Indian face masks with all of my students and I, I made one for Megan and and her brother Brandon and you know molded it to their face and then they designed it. Mm. Um, um, mostly a lot of our, our stuff that Megan and I did together and we did it actually with her brother too. We sang like there was nobody's tomorrow. Yeah. We'd get in the car and we would sing and we would sing and sing and sing all the way wherever we were going. And we just always had a really good time. Uh, when Megan was little, her dad and I like to tell the story. We gave her one, <laughs> yes. of, one of those I'm inst- nervous. <laughs> one of those Instamatic cameras. Mm. And she used to snap away and snap away and take pictures. And I would take them, you know, to the drugstore and have them developed. And um, I'd get the pictures and I'd look at them and go, she chopped everybody's head off. <laughs> And I'd say, Megan, you have to focus, focus on their head, you know, and no matter what, I mean, this went on for years and years and, and she always, she always chopped people's heads off. Well, now I can see it in her artistic quality. Now she doesn't focus on the head. She focuses on something special about that person, place or thing. Yeah. So I could say that's probably where her dad and I saw that she was interested. And then when she was in high school, she took a photography class. I don't know if you remember that, Megan. I don't. Yeah, it was a photo- <laughs> it was a photography class. It wasn't memorable. Apparently. Yeah, no, it, it was not memorable. It was a little freaky, I think. Uh, <laughs> not to say anything more than that, but um, she did. She was interested in it when she was in high school, and of course, she was always taking pictures of her friends whenever she would go and do special events. You know, go out any place with her friends. She was always t- taking pictures. Um, and that was even before cell phones, you know, before she mm. had a cell phone. Yeah, disposable picture. cameras. Yep, they were disposable I think I cameras. had, I had a, my own oh. film camera, but I didn't know how to use it. I was just... You did, you know, yeah, you. you did. But you know, when you had your bat mitzvah, we had all those disposable cameras that were left oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you used, I think you used those. Uh-huh. She just hoarded them all in her room and well, was like, yeah. Well, I we spent, all I know is I spent a lot of money, I think because we had like, 14 tables or something at her bat mitzvah and it was like and and maybe two pictures were taken at, at each one so she was oh yeah so yeah so anyways I was developing pictures for a long time with her but you know <laughs> but they're mostly of her friends and she would go she would do goofy things in her room with her girlfriends and they'd be jumping on the bed or making these goofy faces especially her girlfriend Kim from across the street they were really good buds and they were always snapping pictures and and um I don't know, and, and taking pictures of them jumping in the pool in midair, you know, they they just, she just liked that kind of stuff. So I'd have to say that's probably what, where, you know, my first memory of her, you know, ever being creative. But um, her dad is also very creative. He's a, he was a, a forms designer. He was actually a forms salesman, like business forms that you mm. Uh, you know, like when you go to the, when you, when nowadays they don't do it anymore, but when you would go to a restaurant and they, you'd get a check. Yeah. Or you'd go to the cleaners and you get two copies of something. That's what her dad used to sell that stuff in those machines. Oh, wow. And it was an, uh, an internationally co- based company and um, uh, very, very, one of the largest in the, in the world, actually. 
Um, unfortunately, they're now out of business because of technology. But yeah. he's he not up back in the, his early years, back in night starting in nineteen seventy three, I think is when he started. He used to they used to not only sell the forms, but he had to design the the form and wow. do the layouts and everything. Yeah, and do the color matchings and you know. So I have to give her dad some credit for that because he he really did a lot of design layouts. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he, where he worked at home every night and he would do those things and then present them to the – and he'd do the old paste-ups where he had to cut and paste. Oh, jeez. Pre- yeah, and then present it to the yeah. clients. You know, and then in the latter part of his career, probably the last 10 years of his career because he's been, he's been retired now 10 years – but probably the last 10 years of his career was more um, technologically controlled. Um, and they actually had forms designers, at, mm. you know. So he would just tell them, tell them what they, he, he wanted. They would design it. He would have to approve it or tell them to make whatever changes. So, so I think that's where Megan gets um, some of her, her, design, her artistic stuff. And her dad's very creative out in the, in the garden. He loves to, you know, do gardening and... And um, he loves music also. He loves listening more than singing. Um, <laughs> but um, he's he's um, he likes to he he likes to like like design the yard. He was always very good at doing landscape design. Yeah, kind of thing, redoing things. So so maybe that's think, where she gets some of that. Yeah, because I think as a kid, you know, whether or not you're like cognitively aware of all of those things. I mean, it plays into your upbringing. It plays into your your childhood. It plays into your memories. You know, we joke sometimes with my dad, um, you know, because I think we mentioned I come, I come from a musical family and like Meg, I sing too. And um, there was a, a, a period of time in my life as a child where my dad was um, playing the opening, like maybe eight measures to... Um, Carry on my wayward son by Kansas. <laughs> I love that song. But it was the only party new, so <laughs> like we would sit up in my room and you would just hear it over and over and over and over again. Mm. And I was like, "Can you not learn any more of the song?" But so, but I think you know, as a kid, those things kind of I mean, they impact you and they they affect you. I think, and I think it's helpful when you do have, I think, kind of an inner creative spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, to have that cultivated by your parents and to have that kind of embraced and to have that encouraged as something that's good as opposed to something that's like, oh, you got to figure out how to reel that in, you know. Um, um, Megan did – she took piano lessons also, you know, when she was a kid. And um, um, she – there was something else I was going to tell you now I lost it. Um, I forgot. <laughs> I'll, get it, I'll get it back and then I'll it'll raise come my back hand. it'll come I get, back I'll get it back and raise my hand <laughs> <laughs> and raise your hand <laughs> when you know because obviously Meg for a long time was a private investigator and so mm. did you feel like that was a good fit for her did you did you you know because you think I think about my own children now about kind of like where I think you know what I think they'll end up doing later on in life and when you kind of you know, thought about what Meg would end up doing kind of career-wise, was that was that a surprising path to you? Was that kind of that felt like, oh, yeah, that makes sense for her? Or, you know, kind of how did that 
Well, she always out. she always liked to write mysteries. That was one thing that I think that's what I was going to tell you. She always liked creative writing, and she would write these mysteries, and she loved to read mysteries. So it didn't come as a great surprise, but, um, you know, when she was growing up, she, I don't know that she really had any aspirations of being anything, so to speak, and I don't mean that in a mean way, just that she ran with a different crowd of people that maybe were not too um, future oriented. <laughs> yeah. To be nice. Sure. Um, and she was more, Megan was always more about having fun and having friends. She always wanted to be part of the crowd, you know, and um, so I, so when it came time for her to go to college, um, she didn't necessarily have all of the academic background for certain types of schools because she was very adamant that when I went to high school planning with her, Mm-hmm. that she was in full control of it and she'd already picked her future <laughs> for four years which I remember distinctly <laughs> and um, so she really had the control of her her own destiny um, of course which did not involve a lot of math and did not a lot, involve a lot of science me either she didn't, <laughs> not she my did, strong suit she did not my strong suit yeah <laughs> I tell my husband that all the time I'm like math no. <laughs> but she did have a very, very good command of the English language, and she was really good at writing. And yeah. um, so I really think that that's a gift, too, because, you know, not everybody takes on to all of the different genres of English, you know. That's true. And, um, she's She really, um, you know, she's she really did well in that respect. So, um, but with her, so when she went to go to college, it was well, I'm going to just tell a little secret, but I won't tell it to make it a big secret. Uh, <laughs> Megan, Megan Can't from, wait. <laughs> from the time she was uh, in seventh grade, well, she was she was in, uh, what was it called, Megan, that you were in the, uh, in, high, in junior high, um, Flags, what was it? Uh, color Guard. Color, oh, Color Guard, in, yeah. She was in Color Guard. And, oh, yeah, and I forgot, she loves gymnastics, and she loves dancing, and she loves all those. She's was she's very active. She was always doing flips through our living room. How come I didn't see any of that when we were in California, Meg? Uh, no backhand springs. Oh, no, I still do cartwheels. <laughs> oh, no, she still, do, she still does them. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if Emma tries to do them and, she, and Emma's better, which she isn't right now, Megan will show her up. Because she will show her that she can still do it. She can still oh, yeah. do it. Yes, yes. yeah. And she, I, and so, Mama still got it. <laughs> and, and she was, and she was, very, she was very good, very good. She wanted to do more traveling stuff, but you know, when you're full time teacher and my weekends were my only time, I was not going to do that. And she played soccer. Yeah. She was great at that. But what I was going to say is, when she was in junior high, you know, and I don't know, Melissa, do you have girls? I don't. I have three boys. Oh, well, maybe you're lucky. Maybe. <laughs> because <laughs> girls, girls, when they get to about sixth and seventh grade, you know, get very, very independent. And um, so Megan kind of went through this independence phase. And um, like I said before, she was in control of all of her, her, her own, being in control of her own destiny. So um, she was kind of difficult her early years she was like oh just the sweetest most darling adorable love of my life 
uh, I mean, she was like my sunshine, my ray of sunshine. And I always called her my little sunshine. Hmm. And, um, uh, and so, she, so as she got older and got more independent, you know, she didn't want anybody's influence. She wanted to be her own influence. So, um, when it came time to go to college, uh, and she was going through this independent stage. It was like, okay, get out of here. I want you far away from me as possible. <laughs> Whatever college will take you, you are going. So she applied. Get out. She applied. To seven, that was basically that was it. Get out. Um, so she was. She applied to three or four different schools. She got into all of them. Um, two of them were impacted, unfortunately. One was. She would have lived at home and gone driven down to, to Fullerton. <laughs> Do you hear how upset your mom sounds about that still right now? And, and it, you know, those four years of high school were a little shaky. They so. were shaky. <laughs> they were shaky without me going into too much too yeah. much uh, yeah, let, information. Let's not. <laughs> um, but uh, when she, and her last choice, of course, was Fresno State. Uh, I mean, not her last choice, but that was. The fourth choice. And I said, and I knew nothing about Fresno because I'm a city girl. I was born and raised in Chicago. Yeah. I came to California. We lived in a, a small college town of Claremont, and which we loved and adored. And But we could always get to L.A. in 45 minutes. We'd get to the mm-hmm. beach in 45 minutes or we can get to the desert in 45 minutes or get to the mountains in 45 minutes. So we were, you know, very centrally located. Yeah. So we, it was pretty, it was, we were just a subsidiary of Los Angeles. So um, I knew nothing about Fresno. We had relatives that lived in San Francisco, but I knew nothing about it. And I thought, well, okay, well, I guess that's where you're going. And so we went, <laughs> we, we drove up to Fresno. And I remember driving up the 99 saying, oh, my God, this is like, this is like, in a, in, in a Yiddish term, Yehubitzville. <laughs> and, and, and that's like Nowheresville. I mean, it was like, you know, all this farm country and it's, dry and it's I'm thinking oh my god that's exactly what I thought when I was driving to where I ended up going to undergrad I was like where is this place mom like we've never been to this part of the state yeah. ever <laughs> I don't yeah. even know where this is <laughs> so you know but you know she was she, anyway without all the long stories about our trip to Fresno for the first time I remember her aunt saying to me she said we were talking to her about Megan going to college and she lives up in San Francisco area and and um, both her daughters went to Berkeley, and she said, "And she said, Fresno, Fresno. <laughs> do you know what goes on in Fresno?" <laughs> and I said, "No, I have no clue." <laughs> but anyway, but n- needless to say, she—that's where she went. And um, you know, I was happy to see her go, and I was happy to see her come home for Christmas <laughs> and Easter. And um, you know, she had some other issues with. Attitude. So I told her, "Don't we all though? I think we all." Oh yes, absolutely. At at eighteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, not definitely not just you. And I think I think you'll hear the opposite actually from my mom that I was a terror as a child, like an absolute (laughs) nightmare. And then I think I mellowed out in my teenage years. So, which is probably good because if I hadn't, I probably I don't know what my mom would have done. She would have sent me to boarding school, probably. But well, that's kind of what I Fresno would... State was like going to boarding school for four years. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fabulous. 
Hell no, it wasn't. It was fabulous. It was the best time of my life. But I do have to say that, you know, I mean, she had a good experience there and she met Jeffrey, her husband. I met my husband. And I will say that once she met Jeffrey and was like away from some of those girly issues, Mm -hmm. that she just evolved so tremendously into this beautiful, wonderful human being that I just adore. Aww. Oh, thanks, Bob. You're welcome. She didn't Don't make pay, me cry she did, now. She did not pay me to say that either. She knows. <laughs> she knows that she has my heart, just like my, you know, my granddaughter Emma has my heart. Yeah. Always the first, you know. Right. And yeah. And the little the the girls are, you know, her girl Megan's girls are just wonderful, and I'm sure that they will evolve to be just as creative, if not more so. Uh, it's interesting that we can see that in Ella more than mm-hmm. than Emma. I mean, Ella will go sit at the piano. They have. I gave Megan my baby grand piano when she and Jeffrey got married, and uh, Ella goes and she will tinker on it all the time. And it just <laughs> makes my heart smile, you know, because I thought, oh yeah, okay, I know, I know, somebody's going to take care of that piano. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, I mean, Megan, Megan was. She, had, I mean, she wasn't. She wasn't bad. She wasn't horrible or anything like that. She, she was a really, really good little girl. Other than she was a wanderer and she liked to. <laughs> I've always been a wanderer yeah. and explorer. This yeah. is why I like to call myself wild and free because mm-hmm. I just like to do those things, and I don't like anyone tell me what to do. Oh, oh, I know what I have to tell you, Melissa. Oh, yes, oh, I'm ready. Boy. This is an I'm ready. Boy. This is an interesting story. Well, we have a thing in our family. Um, with me, actually, not with their dad, my kids, my kids and I, we, when we would go on road trips and we would get stuck in traffic, mm-hmm. I would get off the freeway or get off wherever we were oh, yeah. and I would go a different way and the kids would say, mom, where are we going? I say, we're going on an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't, I have a very good sense of direction and we didn't have GPS back then either. Right. Yeah. Oh no. And so I would just get off and I knew I knew north, south, east, and west, and that's all you need to know, right? Right, exactly. And um, I would find different ways to get out of the traffic and to get where we needed to be. And it's really funny, but both my kids take their kids on adventures. Yeah. Both of them. Even, you know, my son in Atlanta. And I'll tell you, in Atlanta, they have some really adventurous roads out there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's it's, that, that was always kind of a fun thing that we used to do. And it's fun to see that Megan does that with with her girls as well and instead of going on an adventure and even Emma will say are we going on an adventure glammy yeah <laughs> yeah so okay yeah, just ever to- since I started driving I would go on adventures like even in our neighborhoods and just we used to live near these big houses in Claremont and so we'd drive up mills into uh what's it called mom Blaisdale Blaisdale Ranch yeah yeah and so I would just like cruise through all the big houses and just mm-hmm. look through all those. And then, so I remember when I moved to Fresno for college, of course, I didn't know the town. I didn't know anything about Fresno. So, you know, my parents dropped me off and I was just left to do whatever. So I would get in the car and I would seriously just cruise the town. And it's, Fresno is really big. It's, what? Uh, half a million people there now, maybe? Something I have that. no clue. Um, but yeah, so I would just cruise half the town. Half and just a million? In Claremont? No, in uh, Fresno. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was daydreaming. <laughs> but yeah, no, so yeah. we've always 
been an adventurous bunch. Yeah, it's funny too. I when I was in undergrad, I went to school up in the Berkshires, and so beautiful mountains. I mean, not the Rockies, mm. but beautiful mountains. And um, I would just find all these back ways or back roads because I like I just like driving and kind of going. And when I went to school in Indiana. I had no idea where I was or what I was doing. And I had to get from my apartment to the school and there was this big, huge courthouse and I do not have a very good sense of direction. And so I just knew that on my way to school, the courthouse needed to be on my left on the way back, like leaving class and going back to apartment had to be on my right. And so as long as I was, that's where it was, I was good to go. Mm -hmm. But similarly, when I had been there for a year or so, I, you know, I found back roads and back ways to get places. And even now my husband and I, you know, to get from where we live to my mom's house is maybe like 40 minutes. And, um, you can get there like kind of a straight shot on the highway but that's just kind of boring. I don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'll go a back way. And then my husband, Mr. You know, type A is like, well, I don't know if that's the fastest way to get there. I'm like, I don't care if it takes me seven minutes longer to get there. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to me at all. I don't want to be on the highway. I want to be riding some back roads up and down the hills, like seeing what I can see. Exactly. So well, she doesn't, Megan doesn't get her sense of direction from her father. I can say that <laughs> if, if, if you get off the freeway and you're going to go so and you, and you, you're going to make a turn right. If, if I think it's right, he turns left. Yeah. He's always, and he's always wrong. <laughs> I remember one time her, da- we, her dad used to have a Corvette. And we took the Corvette uh, out to the San Fernando Valley, which is, you know, uh, west of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we were going to uh, some party or something with some of our friends. And get off the freeway and... He, he turns right, and invariably he was supposed to go left. We, I mean, we, and we went miles and miles and miles <laughs> and miles out of our way. Oh, I know, we were on our way home, and uh, we ended up like in, oh, towards Magic Mountain or something like that. But it was really dark, and and there were it wasn't on the freeway. We were on some road, and we are, and in the Corvette. When you are running low on gas, you are running low on gas. Yeah, yeah. And There's not a lot of wiggle room there. <laughs> I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that that gas mileage meter, and I'm thinking, uh, don't you think we better get gas? We better get gas. And we had no had no I, he had no idea where he was. Oh boy. And so, yeah. So he does. Megan doesn't get her sense of adventure from her dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't play it safe. I like to just go above and beyond and just go. I hope he doesn't listen to this because he might get upset with me. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he'll be listening. <laughs> so, if there was something you had to pinpoint uh, in maybe Meg's adult life, like in maybe the most recent couple of years, that you are maybe you know have that most amount of pride about when it comes to Meg and kind of what she's done and accomplished, what would that be? Mm. Well, I am extremely proud of her uh, for what she's doing now. I mean, you know, when she first started doing photography, it was, you know, it was doing, you know, photo shoots and things like that. But she has expanded her artistic ability uh, beyond, beyond what I ever have imagined uh, her doing. I just seeing her do some of her freelance inf- things and her um, uh, her um, the light, the one about the light. What, what, do you, what do you call that, Megan? The, 
when you do the light? Which um, you, you know, when you, the, with the, fr- the free lens. The free lensing? The free lensing, and then you do the other ones with the light. What's the other light one? The bokeh? Like the flares? Yes, yes. Flares? And and seeing seeing her do that and and reading her her blogs and, uh, you know, when she does the, she puts a picture and she'll write a story that goes with it. I'm like in shock. I'm like, is this my daughter really writing this? Or did mm. she copy this from somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> now it's me. And then I, then I think, wow, not only is she s- talented, she's smart. Mm. And I think She's evolved into that smartness. She she reaches beyond. I think, you know, having the computer technology to research, you, you know, and, and I love research. I have a, a minor in uh, library science. So mm. in my career, I originally started out to be a, a research librarian, which never evolved to anything. But I, I'm also, I'm a travel agent now, and I use research all the time. And so... To see Megan, you know, grow this this little project of being a photographer and evolve it into a major career mm. and a break from being a private investigator and a break from being just a, uh, a portrait photographer or, a, a, you know, doing weddings and things like that. To see her, when she told me she was going to start a magazine and... I thought, okay, wait a minute. How many things can you do? Because you're doing the <laughs> I blog, ask her this the... every day. Thank you, I Melissa. like to clown and I like to juggle a bunch um, of stuff. Um, <laughs> you, you know, she does the podcast. She does the blog. She does all this photography. You know, the 365-day. Now she's doing videos. Um, I'm very proud of you for knowing all, all these things. <laughs> Thank you. I do. That's and impressive. I know. Mom's I paying attention, Mom. Well, I'm, Debbie's I'm, paying attention. I'm yes, extreme, what I'm t- saying is that I'm extremely proud of her for going outside of the box. She's never been inside the box, and she will continue to grow and have – have mul- she's the sunshine like she's my sunshine but she has these multitudes of rays that go out from her center mm-hmm. and she just you know when she graduated from college I remember writing to her now just spread your wings and fly and I really feel she is just going above and beyond leaps and bounds of what I ever dreamed about and oh and, and now she told me she you guys are going to do one of these uh conventions or oh in the school the academy how could I forget the academy I mean (laughs) I never even dreamed she would do anything like that and when she and I know she's been working really hard on it for the last year and a half I remember when she started talking to me about it but never really said a whole lot about it but she just had this like little thing in the back of her mind and you know she and Jeffrey collaborate a lot too Mm. um they they are a really good pair because they bounce ideas off of each other and um uh she, he's the yin to her yang you know yeah and so which i i really admire um so i mean seeing where she's going with this career you know and you know i always ask so how many people do you have enrolled in the academy and how are the <laughs> classes going and you know what what are the new classes and you know so in the little time that we have to share as mother and daughter and having two children, you know, yep. uh, it's hard to get 
a complete sentence in between Emma and Ella. That's a true story. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it's hard to follow. So I have to, I try to keep up on what she's doing and be part of it. And she, I, I know that for me, I've always shown an interest in what my kids are doing. That's the first question I always ask them. How are you doing? How's your, how's your, your business going? How's Jeffrey's business? I always ask. And some people think that's being nosy. <clears throat> Not me. But she's very inquisitive. I don't mind it. To me, it's being interested, genuinely interested in the children and their spouses to know what they're what's going on in their lives. Because I it's not that I want to be nosy, I just want to be informed so that I can have a true interest in what they're doing. And absolutely and, and I have bragging rights too. Yeah. You know, I'll tell and, you what, if I want someone to be excited about, if I'm excited about something and I really want someone to share my excitement, I will call my mom and be like, mom, guess what? <laughs> and then, I mean, it's like the mom thing, right? So like, she doesn't really have a huge like concept of you know the photography kind of world and how it kind of works or whatnot. But, you know, anytime that anything has happened, she's like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And like, she- so I'm always like, whereas like I tell my husband, he's like, yeah, that's great, honey. I'm really happy for you. Cool. That's you know. Cool. Yeah. But my mom's always like, this is so amazing. And so I was like, hey, if I need a little ego boost, I'm going to call mom because she's going to think I'm like the most amazing person in the world. So like it's, I think as a, and as a mother myself, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the same kind of feeling I have about my, my sure. own kids. And so I don't think that's nosy. I think that's just being an involved parent. Well, and, and, you know, we're your best mothers, you know, as you're, as being a mom yourself, Melissa and Megan, you're the biggest cheerleader for your kids and mm-hmm. it's and, and we, and I am too, you know, anything my kids do, I think both my children have, are very, very successful and I couldn't be prouder of, you know, what they, what they do. Um, when Megan was a private investigator, I was really surprised, you know, that she picked that career, but I thought it was a great career for her at the time. And, you know, we all have, my son said to me one time, you know, mom, we're not going to have the same job for our whole lifetime Mm. and we're not going to have the same career. And I thought, Oh, really? You know, I was a teacher for 35 years. It was forever, you know, but here, here I am in the last, in the, in the second part of my life, I'll say the second part of my life, because I'm hoping I have a lot of years left. I (laughs) I have a brand new career that I started, you know, five years ago, you know, a friend asked me to join her travel agency and here I am starting doing something totally new and different from being an educator, but I get to create trips for people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Megan, I, I I'm just terribly, terribly um, proud of Megan, and um, she just I know she's just going to continue to grow because she she's one of these people. She she doesn't like to be stagnant. She's like her mom. She mm-hmm. does not like to. She's not a do nothing. She she if you see her sitting and resting, it's on a very rare occasion. Her mind goes 24 seven. I know. She and, tells me that she goes to get massages. She spends the first half of the massage <laughs> thinking about all the things she yeah. has to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need a 90 minute massage. So you actually get an hour out of it. There you go. Like, I like well, this, today I made the mistake of actually chit chatting with my masseuse. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So we spent like the first like 25 minutes talking about children. 
boy. Well, you guys are more entitled than I was. I mean, I'd never had my first massage. I was, uh, let's see, your dad and I first came out to the desert and we stayed out at the Desert Springs Marriott. That was my very first massage. And I think I was like 55. <laughs> so, and self-care is important, Debbie. You got to build that into your schedule. Yeah, yep. I know. That's what Get we my, preach to our... Yeah, uh, that's right. Our people. Well, you know what I preach to my kids? You want a diamond, go out and buy it yourself. You don't need That's a right. you don't need a man to go out and buy it for you. That's true. Um, I've always taught Megan to be an independent independent mm-hmm. and to be her own person and to take care of her own needs because she watched me take care of myself. Yeah. Um my my husband her dad is a wonderful, wonderful man and he has some fabulous qualities and he has given our children, you know, some uh, uh uh, he's been a great role model for our kids, but I have always been independent and I've yeah. always, if I wanted to do something for myself, I did it. If I wanted to go out with my girlfriends, I did. I put, you know, if I, and you know, there was, was never a time when I said, you know, um, honey, can I go out with my girlfriends tonight or can I go shopping? No, I would say, hun, I'm going shopping now. Brandon's down for a nap. I'll see you in two hours. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, he would, I'd say, uh, hun, I'm going out with the girls tonight. We're going out for drinks and dinner. Okay. Have fun. You know, and her dad was always like that. Very, very, uh, um, practical about mm-hmm. giving me my space. Right. And it, I've tried to teach that to Megan, you know, you be independent. If you want something, you go after it and get it. You don't need to ask anybody's permission. Because you also don't want to lose yourself, yeah, you know, and it's exactly. and it's so easy to do that in a marriage and, and as a, as a mother to just sure. get wrapped up in everybody else, and so mm-hmm. kind of being able to maintain that that independence of no, this is time for me. I'm not going to feel bad about doing that or bad about taking that. Like I'm a I'm a person that has you know needs and interests that need to be cultivated and and fed, and I'm going to take that time to do that. And I do see that. And Megan, I'm always constantly, you know, I feel like every day she's, you know, we're talking most of the day and she's messaging me about like this idea or that idea or that idea. I'm just like, I, whoa, I know. Whoa, bring it I down. Because, <laughs> bring it down. I know because I'm there. I'm coming hot. <laughs> when, I, when I'm there, that text message does not stop. <laughs> and I have to sometimes beg her to turn, to put that. No, not there. lately. No, you you've been, been better. very uh, conscious of when you're. At my house, or I'm at your house, that the phone's kind of put you, down or turned upside yeah. down, and you have been much, put it much away, better. So. That, but it does keep her very, very busy, you know. And you know, every time you answer a text or a, you know somebody, you know, writes you something on a, a Instagram or something, it takes a lot of time and distraction away from what you're presently doing. So you're not ever right. present. So you know, I try to you know kind of. T- uh, talk to Megan about focusing more, you know, being more focused to manage your time, uh, uh, not better, but differently. Yeah. And uh, so that she does have, can give her kids the right amount of attention and can give her husband the attention and give her mom the attention. You know, like she, she already- <laughs> Everybody needs attention. She, she informed me uh, after I left her house, I think, well, I'm going to be really busy for the next couple of weeks, mom, so don't bother me. <laughs> She didn't say that. She didn't say don't bother me, but it was pretty yeah. much like I'm going to be really busy. And, you know, and sometimes Just I this get, month. I got my course coming out, so yeah. I got well, to wrap I think, it up. Well, you better talk to – you better make sure you talk to me because I'm going to Europe and I'm leaving in a week. So a week That's from true. 
days. So get it I'm in. Gonna be, I'm, gonna, in. I'm gonna be gone a month, but I, I don't like it. She leaves for a month, and I'm like, I don't like not being able to text you just whenever I want to. When when you're home and I'm busy, it's fine. But then I know you're gone, and then I just want to talk to you the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, every time I leave, some some crisis arises, and she's always. I need you. Where are you? Always. Well, last time Whenever you were gone, I was moving. So where yeah. were you then? <laughs> yeah, well, I was in. Uh, see, enjoying was her life. In, I was in. Buda- I was in. Buda- I was in Budapest in Prague when you were moving. Yes. Well, yeah. I no, can't complain about that. Yeah. No one can be yes. mad about that. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Well, whatever. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for coming on today and giving us a little bit of the inside track on Meg and her upbringing and your backstory too, and sharing that with us. It was wonderful to talk with you. And I, when we're done with the podcast, I intend, Debbie, that you give me more insight uh, into what was going on in those in those other years that we didn't delve into too, too much here because I need to know the whole story. But we'll save that for when we're off the air. Sure. And uh, <laughs> you can bring me up to speed. Anytime. But I, Again, thank you so much for coming on today, and it was great to talk to you. You're welcome. Thanks so much yeah, for having me. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. Yay. I appreciate it. At least I got to hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> She's bad. She was here last week, guys, so I haven't yeah. pretty much spoken to her on the phone since then. <laughs> I know, but I have, I have to talk to you before, you go, before I leave for your brother. So yeah. That's well, true. This week. Okay. Give you a call. Well, thanks All for right. having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for listening in today. And we look forward to talking to you all again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends. Bye. Hey, storytellers. Our academy is officially open for enrollment. Yay! Check out the amazing courses we have to offer available in 2019. And as an extra bonus for being such supportive listeners, you can receive 10% off your course or membership enrollment by using the discount code HSAcademy10 at checkout. Can't wait to see your story unfold, friends.